Lower that, lower that, lower that. Let me get the ladies. Elevate. Let me get the ladies one more time. I heard some guys. What? Yo, if you confuse right now, we will speak to you. But let's hear the guys. Yeah, I didn't even say elevate. Y'all quick. See, guys ain't stupid, man. We smart with things, okay? We smart with things. I didn't say girls were stupid. I just said guys. Listen, listen. I did not say girls were dumb, all right? But what's up? This is Elevate, right? We meet every Friday. It's the same thing, right? A lot of us, we don't got nothing to do on Fridays, right? So let's go to Elevate. And if you do got something to do on, on Friday, it's not better than Elevate. So real quick, I want to ask you guys, how you guys feeling today? You guys feeling good? You guys feeling good? Okay. I want you to turn to the right and say, how you feeling? And turn to the left and be like, I'm feeling good. Amen. That's good. I, I love doing that stuff. I don't know. I just come up with it randomly. I don't know. So real quick, right? Last week, what did we talk about? Someone just blurted out all ghetto-like. You guys want to talk during the preaching? I tell you to talk. Because you guys don't know what we talked about last week, did you? Desper- I'm hearing desperation for God. I'm hearing hunger for God. That's both right. If you shouted something else, I don't know, man. Maybe you were at a different church. But real quick, we're going to basically kind of like transition to the next step. The next step of that. You hunger for God. Right? Like, especially, let's say, you know, you, you've tried everything of the world. You're like, man, I've hungered after pizza. I've hungered after, man, you know, uh, tostones. I've hungered after rice, pork chops. I've hungered after drugs, right? Some of us can say amen to that because we come from that lifestyle. I've hungered after other people's stuff. I've stole. I've thirsted uh, after people, maybe. I've been thirsty over people. And then finally, we decided, you know what? I'm going to hunger for God because God has been speaking to me. And now that you've hungered for God and God has saved you, what do you do once you're saved? Right? What do you do after you've hungered for God and God has now saved you? What do you do? You remain in Jesus. You remain in Jesus. So could I have my man in the back never lacking? T- oh, TJ. It's not Oscar. TJ, my man. New DJ. TJ, the- go TJ. Because that's my... No. <laughs> put, on a, put on the passage. Put on the passage. It's John 15, 1 through 4. John 15, 1 through 4. So, real quick. John. John was a disciple of who? Jesus, right? So he's an apostle. He saw Jesus, man. He ate with Jesus. He played sports with Jesus. Heck, he probably wrestled with Jesus. This man was Jesus's homie. Matter of fact, when Jesus was crucified and he was, laying, he was on the cross, his mother and uh, the other Mary and, and a few other disciples that came, and John was one of them, and Jesus looked to him. This is how, cl- this is how close he was to John. He said, John, this is now your mother. Mother, this is now your son. So basically, he said, John, you take care of my mama. You my, you my bro, bro. You got to take care of mama, okay? Hold it down. So that's basically what he said on the cross in, in the less ghetto version. But so this is it, right? 
Jesus, he liked to use examples, and John was always around him with examples, and sometimes he didn't understand what he meant. But John gets it here, and he says, this is Jesus speaking, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the words I have spoken remain in me, and I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. So Jesus, what did he use to talk about the kingdom of God? What did he use? He used everyday stuff. So if you could put my beautiful picture I found on Wikipedia... Boom, look at the man, those look good though. Low key, about to jump in this screen right here and eat one. Just grab it. <laughs> if only, right? So so that's some those are some that's some good fruit right there. I mean it looks kind of bogus here though. It's kind of pixelated. It looks really it looks a lot better. If everyone can look behind you, that's the real good fruit right there. This is this is the bad fruit. So so here's the thing. How many of you guys understood what Jesus was talking about? I mean, he used, he used a branch. He used, the, he used vines. Like, that's kind of weird, right, Jesus? Why don't you use, like, spiritual stuff? Like, why don't you talk about angels coming from heaven and, like, touching my lips and making my lips burn on fire or something? Or maybe talk about, like, the future. Maybe talk about Judgment Day or whatever. You know, like, talk about something. But he uses a, the, a vine. Right? He uses this right here. And here's the thing. What you, ha- you guys have to understand, this is basically a gardening thing. Right? Jesus is talking about gardening. And, and to, to help you guys understand this, uh, have you guys ever had a really good apple? I mean, dude, like a really good apple. Like the minute you, the minute you bit into this apple, right, you heard that. And you're like, dang, man, that was good. You want to like replay that crunch again. Like, it's that good. You want to replay it. Now, the apple, where did it come from? Came from a tree, right? Well, yeah, it did come from God. But let's say, let's say what did God create in order that for the apple to come about? He created a tree. And on that tree is a branch, right? On that tree is a branch. And the branch, if the tree is healthy, bears good fruit. Hey, uh, Will, could you... Uh, Switch these with Victor or move them. Thank you. So basically, you have a tree, and if it's a good tree, it has a branch, and it bears a good fruit. Not one of those, you know, those little bogus apples that have, like, dark spots everywhere, right? No, we don't eat those, right, because that's bad fruit. So this is what Jesus is talking about, that he's the true vine, right? So he is the source of life for this fruit. And who happens to, well, he's the source of life. And, and what comes out of him? It's branches. And what comes out of the branches? It's, it's the fruit. So he's saying right now, Jesus, that out of, out of him comes us. We are the branch. And what are we supposed to do as the branch? Bear fruit, right? So he uses this. And then he says, God is the gardener. Right? The Father is the gardener. Jesus, God, is the true vine. So let's get into the message. Now you guys understand what Jesus was talking about right there. 
This is Jesus. By the way, this is uh, when they're, in, they're, in, they're having supper, so they're eating. So this is what Jesus talks about when he's eating. He talks about the kingdom of God. We got to be like Jesus, man. When we're eating Wendy's, my man Marco over here, when we're eating pizza, let's be talking about the kingdom of God, right? So if we can go to John 15, 5 through 7. You're going to remove that picture first. And then, okay, so Jesus says this. Again, he repeats himself because, you know, probably the disciples are looking at him like, bro, what are you talking about? So he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. So real quick, I want you guys to look at this. Jesus says, if you remain in me, he will, well, if he says, if you remain in him, he will remain in you. All right, you guys get that? If you remain in him, he will remain in you. But what does he mean by remain? What does he mean? What does he mean? What does it mean to remain? It means stay, right? Stay. So you have to stay with what with Jesus? Like right now you guys don't have the physical representation of Jesus. Jesus is with you in spirit. But what does that mean to us right now? What it means is this. We have to stay in relationship with Jesus, trusting him. It's only done by faith. We have to continue to keep our faith in Jesus. Faith in the Bible is not a one-time word. Matter of fact, it's a, it's a verb. It's an ongoing thing. It's like, I have faith that tomorrow's going to happen, right? And you keep having faith that tomorrow's going to happen. No one of you guys live like really tomorrow's going to end. I'm going to be real because then, you know, you guys will be building shelters and everything. You guys will be like those crazy people on Discovery Channel. So we have faith that tomorrow will happen. We, tomorrow will, will come and... We live like that. We live like that. What Jesus is saying, remain in me. Keep having faith in me, and I will remain in you. This is the relationship. We're to keep this relationship with God. Then after that, right, there's a contrast. There's a contrast. Contrast, basically, there's a difference being made right here. If you do not remain in Jesus, you are like, if you could put that verse back up and leave it up. If you do not remain in Jesus, you are like a branch that is what? Wait, if you don't remain in Jesus, what are you? You are a branch that withers. You see, Jesus is basically saying this, okay? Remember, he is the true vine, like that picture. And you have to remain, you have to be a branch. And the branch is what? Connected to, to the what? The true vine. Let's say you cut this vine off, right? I mean, this branch off. Is it even useful? No. Matter of fact, some of us went camping last, uh, last year, correct? Jay knows about that. He went camping. He still wants to do it this year. We'll see. Maybe. I don't know. So when we went camping, we wanted to make a fire. What's some of the stuff we use, Jay? Huh? Not just lighting food, but what, do, what else did we use? Wood. Thank you. Thank you. We used wood. Thank you. We used wood. We used sticks that were cut off from trees. They were useless. The only thing they were good for was this fire I was about to make to, to toast my marshmallows. That was it. That was it. So here's the thing. As disciples, we have to understand that 
If we remain in Jesus, we will bear good fruit. But apart from Jesus, we are good for nothing. We are about as useless as branches being thrown into the fire. We are basically like, you know, the toilet paper, you know, the little wooden thing, the, the cardboard thing, the toilet paper roll, tissue roll. You know that? I don't even know what it's called. It's useless, bro. I would throw it away. We are useless without Jesus. Apart from him, we can do nothing. What does that mean? A lot of you guys are saying, whoa, man, you know, uh, I'm not Christian. I got a 4.0 GPA, man. I get money. Can Jesus get me money? Man, I can do stuff apart from Jesus. Well, let me first get this, man. Apart from God, you wouldn't even exist right now. God created the heavens and the earth. He owns everything in this world. You owe him every breath in your lung. So let's just get that straight. But Jesus is not talking about just doing anything. Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God. Because this is what matters to Jesus. What, what doesn't matter to Jesus is uh, little Zan, whatever he's about. What doesn't matter to Jesus is uh, LV the, the false God type dude. What doesn't matter to Jesus is 13 reasons why you shouldn't watch this show. See, this is not what Jesus was about, okay? Jesus wasn't about selfish interest. He was about the kingdom of God. And apart from him, you can do nothing for the kingdom. See, Jesus then continues to say, if, right? So everybody say, if. If. So when someone says if, like, hey, bro, if you spot me on a 20, bro, I got you later, right? That means if you do this, he got you later, right? So it's the same thing right here. The next two things, a lot, we depend on these next two things, okay? But it's all dependent on this one if. If, say it with me, guys, on verse, sorry, Verse six, my bad. Nope. Verse seven, let's go. If you, one, two, three, there you go. One, two, three. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, bam. So this is dependent on, these next two things are dependent on this if. This if. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be disciples. So this is the if. If you remain in Jesus and his words remain in you, you can come to God and ask him anything you wish. Does that mean now that Josh gets to go to God and be like, let me get that young Tesla, Lord. You know I've been good. You know I've been, I've been, a, good, I've been a good disciple. Let me get that young Tesla. Or does Leo now get them new Jordans he's been eyeing? He's like, Lord, man, you know, bro, come on, I've been hungering. I've been hungering. Let me get them Jordans. No, this is much different. If you can turn to Psalm uh, 21 or the, the next Psalm, the next, 27, 4, verse 4. Verse, Psalm 27, verse 4 says this. Actually, forgive me, 21, verse 4, I believe. My bad, guys. Okay, it seems like I don't have it, but it's okay. You know why? Because I remember it, okay? So, and if you guys can maybe look it on your phone. So, in this, this psalm, right, it says, if you delight in the Lord. Everybody say delight. Delight. Man, think about it. When you delight in something, when you find so much joy in something, 
When you find so much joy in a person, you just want to stay with them all the time. When you find so much joy, you know, in a sport maybe, you know, you could be in the outfield for hours, you know what I'm saying? You can, you can be on that field for hours. You can be, you know, uh, shooting hoops for hours, man, just watching the ball go through the net. You delight in this. If you delight in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. But here's the thing. Once you delight in the Lord, you say, I'm going to remain in you, and your words are going to remain in me, you start to change. Your desires become different. Remember what I was just talking about before? God is interested in the kingdom, his kingdom. Jesus always spoke of the kingdom of God. Once you delight in the Lord, your desires start to match his. Your desires start to shift. Your desires start to change. You no longer are interested every day in Fortnite and how you got to get, you got to win every battle and post it on Snapchat. You're no longer interested in that. That's not your life. Your life now is revolved around Jesus. And you delight in him, and you want to know more about him. And matter of fact, you and I want to ask him, Lord, I want to see my school saved. Lord, I, my mom, she's addicted to drugs. I want to see her saved. Lord, my, my friend is about to commit suicide. Lord, I want him to be saved. Lord, I sinned. God, forgive me. I want to live like you. And the Lord answers your prayers. Now, here's the thing. It also means this, Lord, I want a car so I can serve your kingdom. Lord, I need a new job to provide myself. See, God now becomes your provider. See, he is not your provider if you are not his child. That's one thing you guys get straight. Sometimes you're like, I ask you guys, man, do you know you've been reading the Bible, you've been praying? The many of you guys say, I haven't been reading, but I've been praying. I already know you're praying selfishly or you're just praying just to pray. Because you don't even know the heart of God in order to pray. You don't know. You don't have Jesus' words inside you to even ask him anything. It's like when a child that knows nothing says, hey, man, can I drive your car? And he's like this tall. Can't, he can't even see above the steering wheel. You're like, why are you asking me that? It does not even apply to you. No. You know? When we ask God for things that are so selfish, that are so vain... And then we don't hear an answer to the prayer. What, what are you talking about? Of course not. Why does God, first of all, God does not need to answer your prayers. See, God is not subject to you. You do not rule over God. Just because you come to him in prayer in your, in your sin and expect things to be done does not mean that God's like, whoa, man, snap, dude, let me get this for you. No, it's not like that. You see, God will answer the prayer of someone whose words remain in him. Because they are not asking out of a heart of, of greed, out of a heart of disobedience, out of a heart of sin, out of a heart of lust. They're asking for out of a heart like his own. So my question to you is, are you remaining in Jesus? And is he remaining in you? Are his words remaining in you? Think about that. Do you think about the teachings of Jesus? Does that even cross your mind until you come to Elevate? When you're about to do something stupid and almost get locked up, does the teachings of Jesus even cross your mind? When you're about to cuss, cuss somebody out, does the teachings of Jesus even cross your mind? When you have a chance to love someone and preach the gospel, but you're too busy thinking of your own teachings, your own words, you know? 
We have the, the teachings of this world in our minds. Like, oh, man, I don't want to hurt these guys' feelings, man. Oh, dude, you do me, I do you, bro. It's all good. You can believe in whatever you want. You good, man. I mean, you're going to hell, but it's all good. That's what you want. Oh, man, yeah, sure, dude. I'll smoke a little bit of weed. I mean, if it's good for you, man, if it's good with you, it must be good with me, man, because I respect you. I look up to you. I'm going to tell you this right now, guys. Some of your parents are wrong before God. And obeying their teachings may be in contradiction with Jesus' own teachings. But guess what? You won't know that until you what? Get to know Jesus' teachings. They need to be in you. So are you remaining in Jesus? Are his words remaining in you? So as we continue, if you can go back to John 15, uh, verse 5. So after this, right, after we find out, you know, Jesus wants you to ask him stuff, right? He, Jesus wants you to ask, disciples, Jesus wants you to ask him things. Ask God to, to move in your life. Ask God for miracles. Ask God to change people. Ask him. He wants that. But why? But why? Bible says you will bear much fruit, but this is the main reason to show yourselves to be his disciples. You have to show yourself to be a disciple, it's not like, like, dude, I, I, I kid you not, man. There's this ministry that we, we used to have called gang ministry. How many people have been to gang ministry? Come on. I looked at Josh, but he was too young. He's still too young. Oh, man. But so gang ministry, right? There's some dudes selling straight drugs, drunk, high, all that. And I'm asking them, I'm like, hey, man, you believe in Jesus? They're like, yeah, bro, I'm Christian. Yeah, gee, I'm Christian. Yuli knows how it is. He went there every Thursday, and every week he met guys just like this. Just like this. And they're like, wait, you're Christian? Yeah, man. I said the sinner's prayer. I said, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Hey, man, I was good. That's it, man. I go to church every Sunday or if, I, if I can, right? That's what they say. But, right, let's read the teachings of Jesus, okay? So John... Eight, right after, right after he says, whatever you wish will be done for you, he says this, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit and you show yourselves to be my disciples. What is the fruit he's talking about? Please go to Galatians 5.22. What is the fruit he's talking about? Is he saying, man, dude, grapes will start coming from your ears. All of a sudden, your, your tongue will turn into watermelon. Is that what he's talking about? No, dude, he's talking about the fruit of the Spirit. If we can get the John, uh, I mean, uh, Galatians 5.23 as well, because that's the, the rest of that passage. See, the Bible says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against, against such there is no law. This is the fruit you have to bear. Are you a loving person? Everybody... Do this with me. everybody. I want everybody to look at these verses. I want you to answer truthfully. Are you a loving person? Well, you don't have to say it out loud. I ain't going to put it. I don't want, I don't want y'all to lie now, okay? No, I'm just kidding. So, okay, are you a loving person? Are you a joyful person? Are you a peaceful person? Forbearance means are you willing to bear with people and forgive people even before they do something wrong? Are you already ready to forgive them? So are you forgiving? Are you kind? Are you good to people? Are you faithful? Are you gentle? Do you have self-control? See, if you are not bearing any of these fruits, I want, you to, I want you to see this, right? 
then you are not showing yourself to be a disciple. You are not showing yourself to be a disciple. And then you're probably asking yourself, well, dude, aren't we saved by grace through faith? Aren't we, aren't we saved by grace through faith? Let's take it back to Jesus, okay? Just like we did last time. If we remain in Jesus, he will remain in you. And he wants you to, to get on the kingdom, right? He wants you to get into the kingdom mindset, okay? Right here, if you can go back to, my bad if we're switching a lot, John 15, verse, uh, verse, uh, verse 8 again, okay? This is to my Father's glory. That's what Jesus says. Everything you do as a disciple is not for anything but the glory of Jesus, for the glory of God alone. And that is, we have to follow Jesus' example because that's exactly how he lived. He didn't say, man, I'm going to do this for Alejandro's glory, man. I really want Alejandro to get some clout, you know what I'm saying? He's been slacking with the clout lately. I only see a couple likes on his Facebook posts. I need, it's for his glory, man. Oh, no, this is for Marco's glory, man. I love it when he preaches. I love when he gets on Facebook. No, dude, this isn't for that. This is for whose glory? God the Father, his glory. And yes, we are saved by grace, and God saves us as sinners. So let me ask you this. And doesn't God, let me ask you guys this. Does God know everything about everything? Yes. Does he know what you're thinking? Does God know if you're saved or not? So who are you showing your, yourself to be a disciple to? God, but he already knows. Doesn't he already know? So why do you have to show yourself to him? Why? If we go to James, James 2, 18. See, this is a question I think a lot of us do. And if you come from a Catholic background, you will be deceived by this. They will try to deceive you with this verse. James says this, James, the brother of Jesus, real close to Jesus, didn't believe in him until he saw the resurrection. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. So who is he showing himself to? Like, who is speaking here? Is this God? No, it's not God. It's James. So this is a person saying to another person, show me your faith. Show me your faith. So who are you showing it to? You are showing it to the world. See, the world, as a Christian, your life is on display. You are to live, at, live like Jesus. Because God has now put you in specific places to be the light. So Jesus wants you to go forth, show yourselves to be his disciples and this means, listen up, guys, you belong to Jesus. If we can go back to John 15, verse 8. Jesus says, showing yourselves to be whose disciples? Jesus' disciples. He says, my, my disciples. He owns us. Not in a weird type of way, like, like we own our dogs, okay? But this is almost like relational type of way. Like, that's my best friend. Like, go best friend. That's my best. You know, like, that's my best friend. That's my best friend. Oh, that's my boo. Look at him. Look at her. That's my boo. Right? So we have this possession of something that we say, my. So Jesus is saying, you are my disciples. So show yourselves to be my disciples. If you remain in Jesus, he will remain in you, and you will show yourselves to be his disciples by bearing much fruit. I'm talking about peace, right? Some of us, we don't have a lot of peace. We don't have a lot of joy. 
We don't have a lot of that. And we think, and, and we might be thinking this, well, maybe I got to be a peaceful person. Then I can remain in Jesus. Or maybe I'll be his disciple if I be a joyful person. No, see, this only happens to people who are already disciples. You cannot create yourself to be a disciple. Remember, apart from God, you can do no good. So if you're not experiencing peace, if you're not experiencing joy, if you're not experiencing love, if you're constantly showing yourself not to be a disciple of Christ, but to be a disciple of your best friend who smokes three times a day, or a disciple of your teacher who believes that homosexuality is okay and it's not a sin, if you're constantly showing yourself to be a disciple of the people who say, man, dude, just do you, do whatever you want, you live your life, then guess what? You're not of God. You're not of Christ. And this is grace to you that you would know that and you would repent and then you will remain in Christ. Bro, this is, Jesus' teachings were so straightforward. If you're about it, then you do it. So we belong to Jesus, not a school, not a club, not just a church, not just cliques. Disciples belong to Jesus. So this is my question to you. Have you been showing yourselves that you are disciples? Do you bear much fruit? Look in your life. Reflect on it. Think about it. Do you show yourself to be a disciple? When people see you, do they say, yeah, man, that dude knows Jesus? Or do they think you're just like them? Someone who doesn't know Jesus. Someone who doesn't have peace. Someone who doesn't have joy. Someone who doesn't have self-control. The minute they get home, they can't help but watch pornography. They can't help it. They're just controlled by it. They have no self-control. The minute someone pisses them off, right, they have no self-control. They got to swing. Is that us? Is that us? Then guess what? You have to make sure. You have to check yourself. The Bible says to, to examine your faith. Remember, that's how we remain in Jesus. Do you really believe in Jesus if you don't have this, okay? If we continue on to John uh, 15, verse 9 through 12. So Jesus continues to say this after. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. So let's continue this because we all like talking about love here, right? One. Two, three, now remain in my love. Man, that sounds sweet, right? But isn't that kind of weird? Jesus said, keep my commands, remain in my love, right? Don't, isn't God a loving God? So why is he asking me to actually do things? Wait, Jesus is actually telling me to obey? See, some of us, we have this false mentality that's like, yeah, we're saved. We can do whatever we want. That's it. Ain't no one really commanding me to do anything. No, dude. Jesus is saying the only way to remain in his love is to keep his commands. See, it's a byproduct. It's natural. And it, this, is, this is completely, you guys should get this because if you're dating some girl and you're constantly like telling her not to talk to some guys because then you know what they want and she keeps doing it, man, she don't really love you like that. She don't really love you like that. If she's constantly cheating on you, she don't really love you like that. If, you're, if you got a brother or a sister and always doing something to irk you, right? Always doing something to irk you. Like, they love it. They love to see you get mad. Dude, listen, they don't really love you like that then. If they want you to sin, they don't really love you like I'm just being real. This is the truth. So if we love Jesus, we should keep his commands. We should keep his commands. And in order to keep his commands, we have to remain in his love. See, it's, a, it's, a, it's basically like, uh, it's like a two-sided like two coin, right? 
If we remain in his love, we keep his commands. If we keep his commands, we remain in his love. And what does it mean to keep his commands? You have to think about his commands. You have to carefully obey them. Let me ask you this, right? If someone, <clears throat> if someone was to do the worst thing to you, let's say they were to slap you in the face and then run away and then all of a sudden cuss out your mama, steal your car, right? Like, let's think of some crazy stuff. You'd be like, dang, I'm going, I'm jumping in my car, I'm coming at them. I'm not going to think twice. I'm at their heads with it. That's, that's it. Let's go. You don't just slap me and disrespect my mama. But not once do we think about the commands of Jesus. You see, we, we think about other things. We, we may react without observing what Jesus has taught us. And this is what Jesus is saying, that even in, in, in every moment, you have to keep his commands. And this is how you remain in his love. Now, this is not like I'm not teaching legalism now. I'm not teaching where if you, the minute you sin, you're not saved. But the command is to repent if you do sin. So you can still obey his command if you do sin to repent. Okay? So you have to keep in this love. And who was the prime example of this? Jesus. Because Jesus obeyed the Father. You see, some of us, we think, I own my own life. I can do whatever I want. But guess what? You are Satan. Not even Jesus thought like that. See, not even Jesus thought of the, per the same mindset as I'm going to do me, everybody do them, whatever, it doesn't matter. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to act how I want to act. No one can tell me what to do. I'm my own boss. I'm my own Lord. Not even Jesus thought like that. He obeyed the Father. He was obedient to the Father. He didn't just go around saying, well, you know what? You're about to crucify me. Bam, that's it, man. I'm going to pull a Thanos. All the Jews, they're gone. Snap of the finger. He could have done that. He could have done that, but no, instead he was obedient even to the cross. Even when it put him on the cross and he was getting slapped, they were probably disrespecting his mama. They were probably doing all types of stuff to Jesus. Matter of fact, this is the most painful of them of them all, if I think. They ripped his beard. Like, man, bro, I can't imagine someone ripping my beard off, man. I'll cry. That stuff hurts, man. Like, you have no idea. But they did that, and Jesus still remained obedient to the Father. He still remained obedient. So who is the example that we follow to keep his commands and remain in his love? It is Jesus himself, because he was able to keep the commands of the Father. He did not consider his life his own. He considered that he belonged to the Father. And this is why I want to tell you guys, as we continue reading, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love just as I've kept my father's commands and remain in his love. See, I told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. See, if we can go to John 13, 35. A lot of us think it's so hard to obey Jesus. Like, man, Jesus said, if I lust after a woman... In my heart, I commit adultery? What? If I hate someone in my heart, I've committed murder? I mean, that's big stuff. Jesus said that. Jesus said if you hate someone and you curse them out, curse them, you have been guilty of murder. That's, that's a big thing. Imagine this. You know, people aren't thinking you're guilty of murder, right? They don't think you're a murderer. But imagine God thinks you're a murderer. God thinks that you are a murderer. But if he thinks it, then it's true. 
See, Jesus' teachings were the truth, and, and they were very, very blunt, very blunt, very to the face. Like, people were getting offended, so offended they killed them. And he's saying to this, if you keep my commands, my joy will remain in you. Think about that. I want you guys to think about this now. This is, this is something I really want you to consider. Have you ever been happy before? Right? Everybody's felt happiness. Have you ever had joy before? See, there's a difference. Joy is a state of being. It's, it's something that is greater than happiness. It is not determined by out, outer things. It is, it is something that's almost like internal. And Jesus is saying that his joy, right? Not Kanye West's joy when he makes a song and he looks in the mirror, right? No, not that joy. Not the joy you get when you, when you get an A. I mean, that joy will probably pass because, you know, you can't. Well, some of us are pretty smart in here. How many got, how many got straight A's here? Oh. <laughs> You're still smart, man. Don't let anyone tell you different. But Jesus, right, his joy his joy. Think about his joy. Think about what makes Jesus delighted. Think about what makes Jesus happy. That will remain in you. Some of us have gone through depression. Some of us have gone through anxiety and worry, and we are constantly trying to find something to make us happy. But Jesus says, if you keep my commands, my joy will remain in you. My joy, right? My joy. This is un perverted joy. This is joy that doesn't depend on anything else. It doesn't depend on your grades. It doesn't depend on how other people think about you. This joy is eternal. This joy is constant. And if you keep his commands, it will remain in you. And your joy will be complete. There won't be anything else that that you need to add to it. You won't be lacking. You won't have to come to Elevate depressed every week now. You won't have to go every Monday saying, man, who am I going to have to smack? You won't have to because guess what? Jesus' joy is in you. But this is only a byproduct. This is only something that naturally comes out of the believer. You cannot force it. Like you can't sit in your room and, and all of a sudden chant joy, joy, joy. I got the joy, joy, joy. You can't do that. You can't do that. It only can be given to you by Jesus himself. So if you are not experiencing joy, you have to question whether you are a disciple or not. Because if you keep his commands, you are a disciple. And if you're a disciple, you bear fruit. And one of, those fruit, one of, that, one of the fruit is joy. Now, I want to read this. Because we, we wonder about commands and we wonder what it is. And I'm speaking to people that... Really believe the disciples right now. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciple if you love one another. You see, it's not about how much you preach. It's not about how much, you, how much Bible knowledge you have. It's not about how good your shoes are when you come to church. It's not about how, much, how many likes you get on Facebook. It's not about how many girls like you do. It's not about any of that. It's about how you love one another. Do you guys even know the person next to you? Do you guys love the person next to you? You see, the way you love people is the way that the world, this is how you show yourself to be a disciple. It's the way you love other disciples. You see, the church should never be filled with drama, with hate, with guilt, with shame, with, with disgust, with bitterness, because that is not love. That is not love. 
If you don't want to be around Christians, you're probably not around about you're probably not a Christian. That's the truth. If you don't like spending time with people who keep the commands of God, you probably are about as lost as your best your best friend Paco, right? Who man, the only thing he likes to do is smoke on the weekends, you know? I have I have a I have a coworker I work with. And I've been trying to preach to her. I've been trying to tell her about Jesus. You know, she, she has a lot of stuff going on in her life, man. She almost got identity theft. She's trying to move out, and, and she has no money. And, and dude, she came to see her, her, uh, her son other than one Sunday a week. This lady is going through a lot. She's stressed out. She's losing hair. And I'm asking her, like, do you believe in God? Do you, do you pray? Do you, you know about Jesus? And she's like, I tried prayer, but God didn't really give me what I wanted, so I backed off. I backed off. All right? And dude, this whole time, right, she gossips about everyone. She talks bad about everyone. I'm pretty sure when I'm not there, she gossips about me. <laughs> That's just the truth. She doesn't show love for another person. There's no joy in her life. There's no peace in her life. There's, there's nothing. There's nothing. She has nothing good apart from God. But then I come to this church, and I see our, our, one of our elders, Lauren. And then I see... A youth, 12 years old, Josie, who is sick, who has more joy than, than a lot of kids who come to Elevate, who has peace. And she's going, she's about to go through chemo. And I'm looking at this and I'm seeing this, I'm seeing how, how they still love one another. They don't, they don't use their issues to, to, dis, to, uh, to, to complain, but instead their joy is complete. Even with cancer, even, even having to go through chemo with lupus, you, their joy is still complete. But then I see this woman, and I pray for her, we, we, I pray for her, and I, I hope she gets saved, but her joy is lacking. She, could, she spends most of her day complaining. She spends most of her days lacking something, saying that she constantly wants another job. She's always, nothing's complete in her life. What is she showing to me? She is a disciple of the world. See, when we go to school, when we go to school, are we constantly surrounded by people that don't know Jesus and, and hate the Lord and, and blaspheme his name, and we never tell them about Jesus once? We never love them. And then when, when other Christians are around, do we just kind of shun ourselves from them because we don't want to be seen, from, seen by them? I used to do that in high school. Whenever I saw the Christians in the Christian club walk by, because I thought the Christian club was lame, man, I made sure I, skirt. Turn right, turn left, as long as I didn't run into them, right? Because I was ashamed. I didn't love them. I didn't love them. I didn't love to be around Christian people. I didn't love to be around Christian people. Their joy was complete. They were kind of weird. They're always happy. What is this? They always are saying, praise God, and I'm so thankful. Like, what, what is that, man? This world is messed up. This world is jacked up, man. This person did this, man. I'm going through that. And we all have tend to have reasons to complain. And we all got reasons to hate people. But we only have one reason to love one another, and that's because Jesus told us to. And he said, by this, everyone will know you are my disciple. If I can have Daryl come to the keys. This is a straightforward passage, guys. I'm, I'm for real. This is so straightforward. If you don't get it, you're just, you're just in pride. 
For real, this is so straightforward. If you leave this building and you are the same exact person going through the same exact sin, bearing no fruit, and you are showing yourself to be not a disciple of Christ still, then God, I pray for you. I pray for you. I pray for you because Jesus was so clear in this message. He is the true vine. Okay, we are connected to him. He is our life source. Apart from him, we can do nothing. Apart from him, we are dead and we are lost. It's so clear. We must remain in him. We must continue to have faith in him. If we expect to bear fruit, if we expect to experience the Christian life, I'm telling you, if I was a sinner and I had a chance to look at your life, right, some of you guys, and be like, man, let me see if I want to be a Christian. I saw your life. I'd be like, what? I do not want to be a disciple. I don't want, don't make Christianity look so boring. Don't make it look so like the world. It's not like the world. It's not boring. Dude, it is full of joy. It is full of love. It is full of peace. It is full of kindness, gentleness, goodness, and self-control. Don't make it just a religion. Remain in Jesus. In conclusion, remain in Jesus and he will remain in you. Show that you remain in his love by bearing fruit, being a disciple. Keep his commands. Pay attention to them. Consider them. Every moment, consider them. They are a joy to you. They are not burdensome. The Bible says they are not burdensome. It is not a weight on you. It is, it is weightless. Matter of fact, it, it almost propels you into love, man. It's awesome. Remain in Jesus by faith. Read the Bible. Listen, remember, Jesus' words, they have to remain in you. Read the Bible. Learn more from Jesus. Learn about his word. Learn about his teachings. Believe him with faith. And pray and ask God. Once you do this, ask him. Ask him about the kingdom. Ask him about who needs, the, who needs him in your school. Ask him if a family member can be saved to save them. And love Jesus and love one another as he has loved you. And that's where I want to uh, ask everyone to stand up. See, that's a big thing Jesus said. He said, love one another. If we can go back to John 15, verse 12. He's saying to love one another as I have loved you. I want you guys to think about how much Jesus has loved you. <laughs> Woo, man, Jesus has loved every one of you. I, I can't even tell you about the experience the Bible says that it is unspeakable, the love of God, that it surpasses all understanding. It surpasses all understanding. Jason just shared a testimony about when he first felt the love of God and he was saved. And this man could probably write a book just about that moment. I'm not even joking. Talk to him about it. But it is, it, you, can, you run out of words to speak about the love of God, and yet Jesus is talking to mere humans his disciples, and he's saying, love each other as I have loved you. That is his command. Are we going to keep that? If I can have everyone close their eyes. Think, think about all that you have heard, right? Think about all that you have heard. Jesus is speaking to your heart right now. You see, 
Jesus isn't the God who just watches from the distance and, and does not care for you. He says he's mindful of you, that he sought after you, that, you, that he considers you valuable. But here's the thing. He must remain in you. And Jesus is a gentleman. The Holy Spirit will not all of a sudden change your will and make you a disciple. You have to repent and be humble. Okay? But listen, this is a warning to you guys. I'm talking to two people, disciples, right? I'm going to ask my altar workers to come up, please. If you want to remain in Jesus, if you want to find joy in keeping his commands, I want you to come up. I want you to come up, receive prayer. And I'm going to do something a little bit different. But then before that, if you are someone who has not been showing yourself to be a disciple, you are just like the world. You bear no fruit. I'm here to tell you right now, you are in jeopardy. You see, God is the gardener, and he's clipping away anything that does not bear fruit. If you are in sin, if you are backslidden, if you are dealing with sin and you are not going to God, you need to come up, you need to pray, you need to repent. Because listen, I'm telling you this with love. If you are not bearing fruit and you are cut off, you will be thrown into the fire. I talked about a a lot of the love of God. But if you do not remain in in him, you will bear no fruit. It's plain and simple. I'm talking to every one of you. He was speaking to his disciples. If you are ashamed of the gospel, you do not want to preach the gospel. You are full of sexual perversion. You don't want to keep his commands. His commands are burdensome. You need to come up. You need to come up. This is not a game. Remain in the love of Jesus. Repent. Turn to him. Receive salvation. And if I can have my leaders come up. Oh, Lord, God, I thank you right now, Jesus. God, I pray, Lord. I pray, God, right now for the disciples that they would be one as one with you as you are one with the Father, God. That they would not, they would not find your commands burdensome. Instead, they would find them to be a joy. That in keeping the commands, their joy would be complete, Lord. I pray, God, that they would show themselves to be a disciple. They would show themselves with much fruit, with peace and love and joy, all the fruit of the Spirit. And that their friends would see Jesus in them. That every time people were to, are to talk to them, they can't help but see Jesus in them. God, I pray that they will remain in you, Lord. And I pray for everyone that is not living right according to your standard, God. Your standard, which is only met by faith, God. We only can remain in you by faith, God. I pray for those that are falling short of the grace of God that are denying the grace of God to repent, those that have heard the message, those that do not heed the instructions to repent, to come to know Jesus, the one who loves their soul. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray, God, that they would stay hungry, Lord, that they would remain in you, Jesus, that they would not just come and repent and go back into their sin, but they would truly put their faith in you and go back home showing themselves to be a disciple begging the question to their friends and their family, what is different with this person? What is different with them? 
Hallelujah. Jesus, have your way. Holy Spirit, convict them, Lord. Shower them. Sing over the disciples, Lord. Curse them, God. <laughs> 